Hello and welcome to another episode of It's Not You, It's Them, But It Might Be You. And today we're dealing with a really serious topic, but it's one that is really important to cover because you can help. You can make a difference and we need your voice. Have a listen to this. An 18-year-old youth kills another in the street with a single knife stab. His starting point for sentencing, 25 years. A husband stabs his wife in the home over 70 times, decapitates her, dismembers her body, dumps her body and refuses to tell the police where it is. His starting point for sentencing is just 15 years. It's predominantly women that are killed in the home, most commonly through strangulation or a knife that is found in the kitchen or the home. Strangulation is intimate and prolonged. The perpetrator looks into the eyes of the victims, watches them struggle until they take their last breath. My daughter was strangled in the home and then the perpetrator stabbed her multiple times in the neck. His starting point for sentencing was just 12 and a half years. My daughter was killed in her flat, a place that should have been safe for her. She suffered over a hundred injuries. The starting tariff for her murderer, just 15 years. My daughter was strangled by him using his bare hands. She was almost decapitated and then he dumped her in the field. His starting point was 15 years. I'm recording this a week ahead. But by the time it comes out, you may have already watched Murdered at Home with Julie Etchingham, who meets with the mothers and friends of women who were murdered by their partners ahead of a public consultation on the woefully inadequate sentences given to perpetrators who kill women in the home, which aired on ITV1 on the 22nd of February. I haven't watched it, obviously, at the time of recording because it hasn't aired yet, but it will be available on ITV Player by the time that you listen to this. In this episode, I want to talk to you about the Killed Women Network, founded by those incredible mothers that you just heard from. And I want to use this as an opportunity to urge you to respond to the public consultation featured in the ITV show if you have an interest in this area of law or the issue of violence against women and girls. And even if you don't want to fill out the consultation or don't feel qualified to do so, although you do not need to be qualified, but it does require some effort and maybe a little bit of knowledge, but this podcast will hopefully give you the knowledge that you need. So please have a listen and get on board if you can. I want to speak about femicide and I want to highlight the Killed Women Network. They're on Instagram at KilledWomenNW because they are important and they are brilliant and they shouldn't have to be doing the work that they do, but they are doing it and they are making much needed noise and attempting to make changes on behalf of the women in the UK who have tragically lost their lives to male violence. I want us to hear their loved ones' stories and I want us to back them so hard in this fight. The voices that you heard in that clip at the beginning were those of Carol Gould, the mother of Ellie Gould and co-founder of Killed Women. 17-year-old Ellie was an incredible young woman who was a skilled horse rider with dreams to join the mounted police and study psychology at university. She was popular and kind and loving and smart. And she was in a three-month relationship with her first boyfriend who was overbearing and suffocating from the start. 
In May 2019, she ended their relationship and he went to her home where she was studying alone and strangled and stabbed her multiple times. He received a 12 and a half year prison sentence. It was particularly low because he was also 17 at the time. You also heard from Elaine Nubra, the mother of Megan Nubra and founder of the Megan Nubra Foundation. Megan Nubra was 23. She was a bright, shining light, popular and outgoing, who loved family, dancing and animals, especially dogs. And the Megan Nubra Foundation, you can give donations to them and some of that will go to a dog's charity. Megan had been seeing a colleague for six weeks. In that time, he had sent her 3,500 texts. In August 2021, he strangled her before slashing her throat 14 times with a kitchen knife in what the prosecution suggested was an attempt to behead her. He then dumped her body and googled porn. He was sentenced to 23 years. And we heard from Julie Devi, mother of Poppy Devi Waterhouse, co-founder and chair of Killed Women Network. In 2018, Poppy Devi Waterhouse, a beautiful and immensely talented young woman who was a maths genius and was remarkably bright, was just 24 when she was murdered by her ex-boyfriend. He was jailed for 16.2 years. Julie Devi, Poppy's mum, has kindly contributed to this podcast, so let's hear from her. Hello, my name's Julie Devi, and I'm the mother of Poppy Devi Waterhouse, who was killed by her ex-boyfriend in December 2018 in the flat that they were still in, in Leeds. She had ended the relationship and was due to move out three days later. He came back one night early in the morning after a Christmas party and took complete control of the situation, decided she wasn't going to leave and got a kitchen knife, went to the bedroom where she'd been asleep and started his vicious attack. She then tried to get out the flat and he brought her down and continued his assault and rained down with 23 stab wounds. She had over 100 injuries altogether. He then was sentenced to 16 years, two months in prison in the following April. Having denied it, said it was her fault somehow. I don't know how you could possibly spend four months saying that. But finally, he gave in and admitted his guilt in the April. He became one of the co-founders of Killed Women, which we launched in December 2022. The Killed Women is a campaign organisation and network for bereaved families whose daughters, mothers, sisters and other relatives have been killed by men. We've come together through our own personal grief to be a voice for killed women and their families. We want to change the perception that these deaths and injustices are unavoidable tragedies to be expected and accepted. They are not. Prior to setting up Killed Women, I'd been campaigning about the dismal sentence structure in 2019 alongside Carol Gould, whose daughter Ellie had been murdered by her ex-boyfriend in the home. Elaine Newbra's daughter Megan was killed in 2021 and has joined us with our campaign, Our Justice for Our Daughters. We focus on a piece of law, which is Schedule 21, which has a hierarchy of lengths of sentences for murder. The section we are campaigning about is with regard to weapon being used 
that's already at the scene of the crime or the weapon being taken to the scene of the crime. Currently, as the law stands, if a weapon is taken to a scene of the crime, the starting tariff is 25 years. If the weapon is deemed to already be at the scene of the crime, the starting tariff is just 15 years. There's a 10-year disparity, and this 10-year gap must be eradicated. It is absolutely crazy, just so fucking hideous, that the starting point for taking a knife or weapon along with you to go and kill someone is 25 years. So if you take a knife from your home and then go and stab your partner in the street, the judge can order you to serve a minimum of 25 years. But if you're with your partner at home and you pull a knife out of the kitchen drawer and kill them, or if you don't use a weapon at all and you strangle them, which is extraordinarily common in cases of domestic murder where men kill their female partners, the starting point is 15 years. 15 years is not good enough. It is pitiful compared to the life sentence that families receive. Last year, the Killed Women Network collaborated with Ipsos, the research company, to conduct a survey with the loved ones of UK women who'd been killed by men. Let's hear from Julie Devi again. Killed Women launched a report from data that we collected from over 100 individuals who had all been affected by male violence and the murder of a female relative in their family. The report is called You Were Told and can be found on our Killed Women website. It clearly shows the failings of a variety of services, including social services, police, GPs, which, had they performed better, may have saved many of the lives that were taken by men. 96% of the families that filled in this survey felt that the death of their loved one was preventable and had all the services worked better than they would still be alive today. Another piece of strong data that we collected in our report found that 90% of the families felt that justice had not been delivered and that our criminal justice system had let them down. Many of the women whose voices are heard in the report were killed in front of their children or were mothers whose children lost a mother to male violence. And racism and sexism was a factor for some respondents. It was heavily featured for those who are from ethnic minority backgrounds. And one respondent said, They don't believe me because in their eyes I'm just another brown woman with a scarf on her head. This is the respondent. Those were the words of the woman who's been murdered. And the respondent says, these were the words uttered by my relative moments after the judge in her case called her a silly woman and granted her abuser access to the children. Her abuser went on to murder her. And it makes me, as a social worker, so ashamed of children's services, so ashamed of the system that I contributed to that was supposed to protect so many of these women. And there are brilliant social workers, do not get me wrong on that, but the system does not support people and training is lacking. And people in the police and social services and a lot of these frontline services get something called compassion fatigue. I remember being on my ABE training with police and an officer saying, I just can't have any empathy with these domestic violence victims, in inverted commas, because they just call the police, we come round, we take all these statements and then they don't want to get involved and then they drop the case and then next week we're being called again. This was actually before 
changes came in that meant that police could pursue a charge without the victim making a statement. But still, they get this compassion fatigue instead of understanding that somebody might call the police 35 times before they're ready to leave. And that calling the police and going back doesn't mean that the abuse is any less serious. They still have this feeling of like, oh, well, if she wants to keep going back. And that can really affect cases. It can really stop women being protected. And so it is so important if you're a police officer or social worker or on the front line somehow, I would really urge you to read this report and remind yourself of the seriousness of domestic abuse. And also just the seriousness if you're in probation or police, again, might not be domestic abuse. But if you are seeing somebody who's flashing or who's, you know, being caught for certain things on their computer or whatever, start putting the pieces together. It's so important for you to hear the perspective of these families, especially if you work in education, health, police, school, places where you will come across families and people. We can all learn from this report. One respondent said the services did not discuss their concerns with other services. They dismissed the abuse as not being severe enough. Another respondent highlighted how this impacted the victim's ability to prove the risk that the perpetrator posed. They said none of the agencies shared the data or evidence of abuse and the impact of abuse on my relative, either with her or with other agencies, which meant when she tried to prove to the courts that he was an abusive man, it was literally her word against his. They were let down catastrophically by the systems meant to protect them and then their families had to sit in court and hear sentences that were often less than the time that their daughter was alive being read out. Respondent said, his crime was also so brutal that I don't know how anyone who can attack someone repeatedly with a knife could be reformed and fit to go back into society. Another relative said, he has now been released and is a danger to the community and to us. The consultation that I mentioned at the beginning is asking questions of the public. They need public voices about what kind of sentences should be in place for domestic murders and how the government should change the current guidelines. They will be reforming the legislation, but they want public input into what that should be. In 2023, Dominic Raab was Justice Secretary. He proposed that overkill as an aggravating factor should warrant only an additional two years. This is why we need the public consultation, because if we leave it down to these lunatics in government, this is the kind of thing they will do. What overkill is, is when an extremely excessive amount of violence is used, like all three of the mothers that we've discussed uh, who are part of Killed Women Network, all three of their daughters faced multiple injuries in frenzied attacks, both strangulation and knife wounds. And it is extremely common for overkill to happen in domestic murders when men kill women. Let's get Julie's perspective on this. Around 60% of women lose their lives, their lives taken, or in a domestic setting. The weapon is already there, and it's usually a knife that's used. So by having a blanket sentencing structure that says that these murders are worth 10 years less is outrageous. It diminishes the lives of the women murdered in the home and sends a strong message from the government that it was somehow their fault. 
It's victim blaming. Compare this to someone who stabs somebody once outside in the park, in the street. Their starting tariff is 25 years because they have taken the weapon to the person to murder them. My daughter, Poppy Debbie Waterhouse, suffered 23 stab wounds, over 100 injuries altogether. The kitchen knife was chosen from the knife block and was used. Ellie Gould was strangled until she was unconscious and then her murderer stabbed her again with a kitchen knife 13 times. Megan Newborough was strangled to death and then her murderer chose a kitchen knife and attempted to decapitate her and then dumped her body in a field. The starting point for all these murders, just 15 years. Do you ever wonder how celebrities order food? Like, is Sarah Paulson a Diet Coke or a regular Coke girlie? <laughs> Some peasant Coke? No. Or how does Sofia Vergara order a pizza? No, not, no tomatoes. I cannot eat tomatoes. Not tomatoes? Yes. Are you killed with mushrooms? Not really. Okay. <laughs> if these are the details you need, and I know you do, I have the podcast for you. I'm Jesse Tyler Ferguson, and on my podcast, Dinners on Me, I take some notable friends of mine out to dinners in Los Angeles and New York City. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. That thing was delicious. Hi guys, it's me and I'm here to tell you about another Sony Music Entertainment podcast. Now I know you all like to have a deeper look and get under the skin of a subject, otherwise you wouldn't be listening to me deconstructing hot topics and getting into the nitty gritty with all your dating dilemmas. So I think you're going to love getting curious with the fabulous Jonathan Van Ness from Queer Eye. Every week, they deep dive into conversations with a variety of experts on some really, really important and eye or ear opening topics like the history of abortion and the science of sleep. Get excited, get curious and listen to Getting Curious wherever you get your podcasts. It's much more rare if someone is, you know, in a street gang, they'll tend to do one stab wound and run. When men are killing women they've been in relationships with, overkill is a huge, hugely common thing. And for Dominic Raab to say it should only warrant an additional two years, it's just simply fucked up. And the families do not think that this is adequate at all. And this consultation enables us to add weight to the family's voices. We can tell the government what we think should be the sentence when somebody has used overkill. Currently, the seriousness of domestic murders and the particular harms that arise in these cases are not recognised in Schedule 21, according to the blurb in the public consultation. In either the statutory aggravating factors or one of the higher starting points. And this means that domestic murders most often fall within the baseline starting point of 15 years. If you strangle your wife to death or beat her to death, you know, beat your girlfriend to death in front of the children, the starting point is likely to be 15 years. This legislation is going to make controlling or coercive behaviour a statutory aggravating factor to murder because currently they don't recognise the fact that this could have been five years of control, five years of killing this woman's soul before actually striking the blows that killed her. That's not been taken into account before and now this change will make the coercive control something that adds more 
to a sentence in domestic murder. And again, we need to have our voice and tell them what we think should be the starting point for that. Legislation will also be introduced to make killing connected to the end of a relationship, which is the most common time for a woman to be murdered by her partner. That is such a high risk time leaving a relationship. And if you do need to leave an abusive relationship, please make sure that you get support from women's aid or refuge. Don't just leave put a plan in place but the legislation will be introduced to make it a statutory aggravating factor to murder recognizing this as the final controlling act of an abusive partner so if you have any opinion on this please look at the consultation and add your voice to it here's julie telling us how important it is and how much these families need you to contribute to this consultation government now has a sentencing consultation open to the public until the 4th of March. Anyone and everyone should complete this. We urge you to take some time to do this. There's a link to this consultation document on the landing page of our killedwomen.org website. There's also a very short film that we would ask you to watch before completing the consultation. Again, that's on the landing page of the killedwomen.org website. It's a short film that Carol, Elaine and myself made and strongly shows our points of view. Within that, we talk about strangulation because in our opinion, strangulation should also carry a 25-year starting point. Hands are weapons and so we see no difference between somebody using their hands or using a weapon. So we urge you to also say that there's a 25-year starting point for that. This is gendered violence and it's men taking ultimate control over women and saying, you're not going. Most of these cases have people leaving their partners, ex-partners, and these men not liking it, saying, I can't have you, nobody else is going to. So it is always a control issue. Please fill in the consultation, take some time, You know you should, you know what's right, please complete that. Thank you. Tougher sentencing won't actually prevent women getting killed, perhaps only in that circumstance where a killer won't be free to then get into new relationships and harm future partners. And it's unlikely to act as a deterrent. What is also needed on top of this is greater education, starting from much younger, better resources and training for the police, social workers, etc. And a joint system. I've never understood why we don't have this. Why can't I, as a social worker, see the police system? And why can't they see mine? And why can't education and health, why can't we all share a system where really important information is held? So when I put someone's name in, I can see that this person has called the police 40 times. I know we can check, we can... I can contact the police and see police history and whatever, but we should have shared systems. We need better funding for probation. We need to make sure that people can't so easily slip through the net and that people are being heard and listened to when they are reporting domestic abuse. And we need a greater drive to tackle misogyny online and in schools. We need a whole overhaul of everything. As the Killed Women Network says in their report, Nothing will bring back the women whose voices and stories are represented in this report. But if their voices are finally listened to and the strategic shifts to policy are implemented seriously and comprehensively, they will prevent many future deaths. 
For centuries, violence against women and girls was tolerated, seen as inevitable. It's been excused and deprioritised by successive governments, the police, the legal establishment and society as a whole. And it is welcome news that the rhetoric has now changed, but the policy change needs to happen along with it. So, as I've said, you can go to the killedwomen.org website, killedwomen.org, slash the report to read the report, or just look at their homepage to find the consultation that you can click on and have your voice heard. If you don't want to fill in the consultation, you can also go to the killedwomen.org website and write to your MP and use the subject line, you were told, a voice for killed women. Begin the email with your name and address and include a link to the report and ask them to act upon the findings. Killed women need your help. They need your voice in this consultation. Let's hear from Julie one last time to explain more about how you can help. It's our opinion that someone who can kill somebody that they once loved, once was in a relationship with, has feelings for, is a much more dangerous person than someone who can stab a stranger once in the park. And yet the sentencing structure, as it stands, shows the complete opposite of that. These are very dangerous individuals, often overkill, is used, which is more force and is required to kill somebody, as in all of our daughters' situations. Thank you so much, Julie. What a brave and formidable woman, along with Carol Gould, Elaine Newbra, and all the other families representing Killed Women Network. I just want to end by saying that at least 100 UK women were suspected to have been killed by men in 2023 not just partners, sometimes their sons. That's quite a common thing, mums being killed by their own sons. We're in 2024 now, and we have lost 10 women and girls in the UK so far this year. And I want to end by saying the names of those women who've had their lives taken by male violence in the first six weeks of 2024. Because we barely hear their names anymore. They aren't on the front pages, and you may not ever have heard of them. And we need to say their names. Tia Simmons, 32, murdered by her husband who also faces charges of raping a teenage girl. Maya Bracken, 56, was stabbed to death in her car by an 18-year-old male. Alison McLaughlin, 53, found murdered by her husband who then died by suicide. Kiyotsha Pile Nasso Isaacs, 33, was found dead at home her husband has been charged with her murder. Tara Kershaw, 33, strangled to death by a man known to her. Kanticha Sukpin Panal, 36, and Jasmine Kuczynska, aged 12, and Natasha Kuczynska, aged 8, were stabbed to death by the children's father, who also killed himself. Claudia Cambanza, aged 22, was stabbed by her partner, who's been charged and Michelle Romano, 68, killed with serious injuries. Her son has been charged. My thoughts go out to everyone affected by their murders. We will continue to help you fight for better. This has been a Sony Music Entertainment production. La la la, let me explain. 